Rio Rancho Radio 92.9 we are brought to you this morning by Pam Harris's Peak Quail Realty on Southern in Rio Rancho. It is time to find out what is going on in the City of Vision with our Mayor, Greg Hull. Good morning, Mayor. Well, good morning, Derek. How are you today? Doing great. Another beautiful Sunday in Rio Rancho. I don't know if you noticed, but after spring, we've had some rain. and Everything's and green. Everything is green, and that means weeds have popped up everywhere. Yeah, so what are you going to do about it? <laughs> so we're out there. Uh, I got a call. As a matter of fact, I got a, a text message message from the sponsor of this show, oh, Pam Harris, Peakwell, uh-huh. saying, hey, Mayor, uh, a lot of those new trees we planted on Southern Boulevard, they're getting a little shaggy. We need to get them cleaned up. So we got the information over to Streets and Right Away. Went out, did a great job cleaning up, trimming the trees. So last week, I don't know if anybody drove down Southern Boulevard, but they were all out there trimming the trees, pulling the weeds, cleaning it all up. And then Pam calls me the other day. After she saw the trimming going on, and she's like, man, Southern Boulevard looks so good. And then I got another call from a constituent also about some weeds up along uh, the Lowe's building in, in Loma, Colorado. Oh, yeah. And I, I drove up there. Sure enough, those weeds were in the right of way, so it was a city responsibility. So the city went out there, and they trimmed the trees all in front of Lowe's as well, and then up Loma, Colorado, and got the weeds cleaned up. So we're working on it step by step. We're trying to get to all of them. If there's weeds that are under the city's purview, I just remind people that uh, we have very limited staff to get all that done. And on the streets and right away, if they're not pulling weeds, they're fixing streets. So there's very limited resources. We're stretching these folks out uh, as far as we can. So if you do see some weeds somewhere that you think need to be cleaned up, we want you to go ahead and use the Report Rio Rancho app. You can get that on the city's website or you can download it on your phone. And that's the Report Rio Rancho app. And we'll get that into a queue. Now, when you put that into a queue, Derek, they're going to take it on a priority level, right? Mm-hmm. So they take all of the problems throughout the city. And I remind everybody we're a 103-square-mile city. Yeah. So anyway, I think we've got about uh, 8 or 10 people working streets and right away. So they take the priorities as they pertain, and then then we go out and try to get these things done. So whether it's weeds or street repairs, and another big one this time of year is those silly popped-up sidewalks. So yeah. we're out trying to get those fixed as well. That is what's known as thermal concrete expansion is what I'm told. And when the heat and the humidity gets up there, the concrete expands. And I know there's technology today to prevent that, but we have to remember a lot of these sidewalks were laid many, 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 many years ago. And as we all know, the standards of putting them down 20 years ago was different than the standard that we use today. So that being said, every time we fix a couple of pop-ups in the same sidewalk down the row a little bit, we get more Mm pop-ups. So we're really just chasing these things as fast as we can to uh, get these things repaired so that the sidewalks are passable, if you will. It's a never-ending task. (laughs) But when I was a kid, those pop-ups were fun because we'd dump our bikes on them. Yeah. And the kids in my neighborhood still enjoy the ones that are popped up. They still come careening over them uh, with Mm -hmm. a bicycle. So the kids still enjoy them. Now, when I was a kid, we built our own ramps, Uh you know. And typically, it was not the safe thing to do. But... (laughs) Now, and I'll tell you what, we thought we were daredevils as kids back when I was young. My goodness, have you seen these kids on bicycles in the Olympics these oh, days? I know. Oh, my word. Yeah. 
mean, they're doing some crazy stuff, right? But we never did any tricks like that. No. But we are out trying to get these sidewalks fixed, get the weeds pulled, and get the streets fixed. It's always a priority for me, and I drive around. People will call me and say, have you ever driven? You ought to drive down here. You ought to drive over here. You ought to drive over here. And uh, I can tell you I don't think there's a street or road in Rio Rancho that I haven't driven down because I like to drive through the city and just drive up and down roads, see how different neighborhoods look, see what's affecting the neighborhoods, see where on some of the dirt roads where they need to be bladed and graded and what the drainage looks like. I've driven up and down the streets of Rivers Edge 1, 2, and 3, Enchanted Hills. And, you know, a lot of times when we're out working in different areas or when we're in campaign mode, we're out walking those streets, knocking doors, so we get to see it firsthand. So we're out there, we see it, it continues to be a priority, getting the streets fixed, getting the weeds pulled when we need to, and getting those sidewalks, those popped-up sidewalks fixed. So it's an ongoing battle, but we will continue to fight the good fight and get those things done. And, you know, uh, Derek, uh, as a teaser that uh, you and I talked about this a little bit uh, earlier before we got on the air here, as a teaser, in next week's show, we'll be talking about the National Citizen Survey. We've done this, I think, every other year for the last seven years that we've been doing this show. And we talk about this is a big survey we send out to the community to see how are we doing as a local government. So, so it's we're gonna, your report card. It is the report card on how the city is doing. And surprisingly enough, we've got the numbers, and I'm excited to kind of share those numbers and share the report card of how we're doing as a community and look at the things we're doing well and look at the things we still need to do some work on. But we know one thing is that it's been year over year over year over year. It is the number one priority for the people of Rio Rancho is just keep working on these roads, and we're going to keep doing that. And uh, so we've, we've got a lot of projects going, a lot of irons in the fire, but we are making progress. People are seeing the progress, and we're going to find out about that next week. Were you the first one to do the survey, or were they doing that before you? No, I was the first one. No survey was being done before I was in office, so the first one that was ever done was in 2015. So we benchmark against that as to where people felt the city was when I first took office. So we wanted to see what that benchmark looked like, right? And so that being said, we got some entry-level data. Now, I was sworn in in 2014, and then... In 2015, we did the first survey to kind of see what the priorities of the city were. And one of the first questions we asked during that survey was, would you support a small tax increase for a road bond to fix the roads? And the people in the survey answered that question with, a, I think, about 65% at the time. I'd have to go back and check my numbers, indicated in the affirmative that they would support that. And then when we actually took it to the polls, it was approved with 63% of the vote. So the poll was highly accurate as to what we could expect. Now, two years later, we said, would you support continuing this without a tax increase? And we saw about a 75% approval on that, and then the road bond was approved in 2018, again, for renewal with no tax increase at 78%. So it took a 15-point jump from the original approval, which was fantastic. It showed yeah. that we were moving in the right direction. People saw the value for their money. So we're going to go through that report. I don't want to give away any of the details right okay. now, but the report's going to come out. Now, the city staff is going to give an overview of that report on the 12th, which is this coming Thursday. There's going to be a governing body meeting on Thursday the 12th. And there will be an overview given by staff of what some of the other numbers are. But you and I will get together 
on the 15th, and we'll just tear this bad boy apart and go through it. And uh, I'll make sure you get a, a pre-copy so you can go in and get all your questions ready. But there's a lot of data to cover there. And once we have all that data, we will post it on the city's website. And we'll put it out there for everybody to see so people can see uh, how we're doing as a local government. So really cool stuff, very important stuff. and um, It's very interesting that you do that because how would you know what the people of Rio Rancho want or what's important to them unless you ask? You wouldn't. As an elected official, you can only assume. I mean, in so many cases, I see a lot of uh, elected officials that go out and they, they look for an issue and then they ride on that, and sometimes they deal with the issue when they get elected and sometimes they don't. But they see it as a talking point, right? In this particular case, when I got elected, I said, I need to know exactly what it is that the citizens expect me to work on. And so we went out and got the facts. I had a good feeling, Derek. It was, hey, would you kind of, you know, fix the roads? <laughs> so, you know, it was one of those things, right? Yeah, well, you could tell that by driving around. But sure you could. You know. And the, the fact that in 2014, before I took office, there was not a single road other than potholes being worked on. And there was no funding source for it, and that was the problem. And that was the one thing I talked about is we were going to try to identify a funding source and see what we could do to start down this path of getting all these roads fixed. Well, once again, I've given the list on this show of all the roads that we fixed. And then, of course, if you want to hear more about roads, I want you to go out and check out my podcast at The Mayor Hull Show. That's all the interviews that we do right here on KDSK. 92.9, every Sunday morning at 8 a.m., there's your plug. <laughs> what do you call that, the shameless plug? That's right. And They're uh, up on Spotify. I saw it. Yeah. That's right. They're up on Spotify. And Google Play. And, yeah. and I marked the one on there, Marijuana Talks Roads, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And so you can go there. And I still owe you, Derek, a complete show on water, and we're going to do that. But things keep popping up that are now and relevant and ready to go. That I want to cover the things that are now and front and center. So we will cover water. We'll do a whole segment on water in, in the next few weeks as we get through some of the key things that are happening in the city. But right now, keep your eye out on the governing body meeting, which is on the 12th. And then we'll talk about all of these results on the 15th, and we'll kind of dissect them and see how we're doing. So the survey, I would think, would be helpful you find out what the people want. We know from previous surveys they want the roads fixed. Okay, so you as the mayor run on fixing the roads, but you got to convince the city council. You're not king hole, so you've right, got to right. swell with a survey saying that's what people want. I would think that would help in It absolutely persuading. does. The survey absolutely tells the other elected officials what the constituents in their districts are looking for. Absolutely. And so that way it helps me design and develop suggestions that ultimately end up in front of the governing body. But make no mistake, there are people out there that will try to say, oh, the mayor did this and the mayor did that. Understand our form of government. The mayor in the city of Rio Rancho has no unilateral authority. Okay, is The mayor is cross-checked by a city council and a city manager. Okay, Because the city manager is the one employee of the mayor and council. So we have the city manager, and then all the rest of the employees in the city fall under the city manager. And really, it's a violation of our ethics ordinance for us to get involved in employment matters below the director level. There's a whole HR system that's in the city. That's the place where employment issues are dealt with, and that's the appropriate place for employment issues to be dealt with, right? So we actually have an ethics ordinance that says that 
I can't go tell my parks and rec director who to hire, who to fire. Can't do it. I can't tell the police chief who to hire, who to fire, or who to promote. Can't do that. Or how to run their individual department in the sense of you have to do this with your employees or that with your employees. So when it comes to employment rules, the elected officials have zero authority, but we are policymakers is what we are. And what I try to do is work with city staff to come up with good things to do for the city, whether that is a roads program or, for example, one of the things that will be coming forward on the governing body meeting this 12th will be the charter review questions. So we have a citizen elected official board that where we reviewed, and we've talked about this, and this is one of those things where we'll be asking the governing body to send to the voters the question on creating a permanent fund. And that's where instead of just burning through $10 million, which we have right now, and just doing whatever we want to do with it, we're going to ask the citizens, what do you want to do with it? And the first option we're going to give the citizens is, do you want to create a permanent fund that will generate ongoing revenue into the future that we can use to fix roads? Okay. So with that, that gives us something to leave our children and possibly our children's children. So when I took office, there wasn't a stream of revenue that we could have used to fix roads. This could be a future stream of revenue that future generations will use to fix roads. But it doesn't have to be used. It doesn't have to be used that way, but it, it could be. If they want to put in a new park someday, they could use it They could that. do that. They could give police officers raises with the money. They could give firefighters raises with the money. They could give parks and recreation people but raises with, with the, the money. not with the $10 million, with not the interest. From just the with the earnings, million. correct. And so... So it could be a recurring expense. It well, Yeah, it could be a recurring expense, or it could be a one-time expense. So the one thing that we want to do is we want to give the voters the choice Okay, do you want us to save the money so that it earns us some money, or do you want us to spend it somewhere in a one-time location, in a one-time place? How do you want to go about this? So that being said, we're going to put that question on the ballot. One of the things, and I'll just address it. There was a, a letter to the editor the last Sunday with regard to the question that's going to come forward to the governing body about whether or not the judge should have a law degree. And like I said, this is not my issue. I'm not one way or the other on this. But I am supportive of asking the citizens what they think should happen because the charter is their document. It's not the governing body's document. It's, the, it's not the Charter Review Committee's document. But the way this article was written this past Sunday was it made it sound like I have the final decision-making on this and that this is my idea and, and I'm driving this and that I'm pushing this through. Make no mistake, there was a committee of seven people that said, yeah, we think the governing body should send this to the voters. Now, the governing body is going to decide, and I probably won't even get a vote on it, the governing body is going to decide, okay, do we send this to the voters or send it back to the Charter Review Committee to reform that question in some manner or form? And then if the Charter Review Committee says, no, we don't want to restructure the question, so we're just going to let it die. And then they could say, we're just not going to mess with it. So there's a lot of back and forth. There's a lot of mechanics to get to doing this, but then we shoot it out to the voters. But in reality, at the end of the day, the mayor has no say in this unless I break a tie vote, okay, that sends it to the voters, okay? So there's no official legal say that the mayor has in this charter review process unless I break a tie. Now, are you allowed to say 
whether you're for or against doing it? Well, I mean, I publicly, can, yeah, I can come out and say it one way or the other. I, I, I'm not I, asking you to do that right. now. I'm just asking if the mayor can do I that. I typically shy away from that because if I do end up voting, it can make it look like before I heard the matter, before the governing body, it could make it look like I'd already made up my mind uh, before I heard the facts on it. Sure. Remember, the governing body is a quasi-judicial board in some cases. And if you go out, you make different things known. Now, I can articulate on these things, and so can city councilors should they decide to do it. And I've publicly supported, for example, I've publicly supported the permanent fund. Mm -hmm. And I've made it clear that I support that, and I will continue to support that. But but I don't have the final say. And the permanent fund is one of those things that, yes, the Charter Review Committee said we should add this to the charter, okay, basically put this $10 million into a lockbox, if you will, let it earn us some interest, let it grow, let it create a new stream of revenue. But ultimately, I may not get to vote on it. And when I'm in the council meeting, before the vote to send it to the people for this question, I'll get a chance to opine on it, if you will, or to express my positive sentiment toward this. And then afterwards, because I support it, I will most likely work pretty hard to help the voters understand how this can be a long-term benefit for the city of Rio Rancho. It's that old saying your grandma used to say, a penny saved is a penny earned, right? Uh, and I understand, too, because I'm in business. It comes from your business background. When you have a really good year and you make a lot of profit, you put it away for a year that may not be so good. Correct, exactly. And let's say we go back and we learn our lesson from 2008 when the market collapsed and the city was spending a lot of cash that it was getting from impact fees from building a lot of houses, and then, and it was really dependent on that housing market. And then all of a sudden, the housing market collapsed. Yeah. And we had nothing to fall back on. And at that time, in 2008, the reserves were scrapped down to the state minimum of like 8.9%. Well, when I took office, you remember, Derek, we've talked about this. We set a policy for reserves of 15%. And since then, we've moved that policy up to 25%. And now we're currently sitting on a policy rate of 35%, okay? Holding those additional funds in reserve in the event that we have some sort of catastrophic fall-off of revenue. And that way, we don't end up having to fire any city personnel like police or fire or parks and rec or anything like that. Because the one thing you don't want to do is when you run out of money, you don't want to compromise public safety, Okay, so having a little bit of a nest egg, if you will, is not a bad thing to have. And it also will eventually, if this starts to grow more and more and more, and we do this more and more and more, and we start to budget and live off the interest, you potentially stave off future tax increases to pay for services. So those are the things that you have to look at. Could also allow us to start paying cash for some stuff as opposed to financing, which right now, if we didn't have to pay interest out of some of the debt that I've had to deal with that came from past administrations, if I wasn't paying all those interest payments, all that interest money could be invested in the community as opposed to going into the pockets of bankers and investors. Yes. Okay? So those are the things that you have to look at, right, Derek? And you're a business guy, too, so those are the things that we really think on. I found that cities that are run like a business generally do better. You look at them around the country. So. Well, they do. They do. And and also they run into less catastrophes. <laughs> yeah, well, and, I mean, They're caught off guard less, right? Yeah, well, cities can get bailed out 
more so than you and I could as a private business. We Our checkbook goes down to zero. We're done. Right. City can sometimes get emergency money from state and fed. But yeah, they can. They yeah. can. That's not a good idea because then, then you invite the fact that the state and the fed have to come in and manage you. Right. You don't want that. You don't want that. You don't want that. So those are some of the things there that we'll be looking at. And so if individuals want to tune in to the governing body meeting on the 12th, the governing body meeting will be streamed live and virtually. And the city council meetings are still open to the public, so we're still kind of monitoring things uh, carefully as we move along here with some of the stuff we're seeing with the uh, D variant of COVID. But at this point in time, still public attendance, governing body meetings, and and so on and so forth. So join us on the 12th, and you'll see some of the stuff that's going to go on there. Okay. Now, last week you mentioned that you're going to have a work session. As we talked about, the state has passed the cannabis bill, legalizing that. And so the city's responsibility to decide what the zoning is going to be, where you can put the establishments to purchase it. Right. And so, look, there's going to be a lot of misinformation on what's going on here. The city, I want to make this very clear, the city is not passing a cannabis ordinance that allows cannabis to be sold in the city. That's already happened. And it was done by the state. It's statewide. Right. That was statewide. The state passed the law. The city can't close it out. The city can't say no to it. Right. So just like you couldn't allow cannabis to be sold here before the state made it legal. Correct. Correct. So the state has established the law that cannabis is legal and it is the law of the land in the state of New Mexico, although it is still illegal on a federal level. So this is why we can't advertise it on the radio, because we're licensed by the federal government, not the state of New Mexico. Correct. And there's still a lot of questions about how how to deal with certain things. When your your laws are in conflict with There's the federal government. banking issues and things like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. All kinds of fun stuff. But um, as far as the city goes, where I can put a dispensary and grow, how much I can grow and all those things. Well, I guess growing is decided by the state, but where I can sell it in the city of Rio Rancho is up to the city council. Correct. So that comes down to zoning. And so the cities were allowed to establish their zoning rules as it pertains to where these things can go. And groweries are part of that. And dispensaries are part of that. So you're either growing or you're dispensing. So one of the things like we zoned is that you can't operate a retail establishment from anything R1. So you can't do a home office. So that was one of the things that was talked about in the ordinance. Now, this ordinance will be debated on the 12th. So we have not voted on this, the city council. What we got was a work session presentation of, okay, this would be the zoning ordinance for this. And if we do nothing, then it can go into any commercial location if we do nothing, Mm -hmm. with the exception of being 300 feet from a school, a church, a daycare, this, that, the other, whatever the state rules are. Those would kick in come September 1 because in September 1, it's my understanding that the state will start issuing permits or taking applications for permits. And if we don't have rules in place or zoning in place by the time that happens, you could end up with certain facilities being grandfathered in. So we want to get a baseline ordinance in place that sets up zoning that says, okay, you can do this here and you can do this here, but you can't do it here and you can't do it there. So it really allows for some of our home rule authority to come in and make some of these decisions, whereas that that pertains. So do it from a logical standpoint, not just willy-nilly, put one wherever you want and then Correct. And, and or five look, in a row next to each other. Well, that's the that's the one thing that I'm still looking at is that 
Well, the zoning proposal that our staff brought forward and the city attorney brought forward says if we put this rule in place, it would restrict this activity to here, 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 and here. And when they presented a map in the meeting that said this is the way the map would look, there is nothing that precludes a density. So I'm still looking at that as that, uh, okay, if you allow it in one shopping center, does every store in the shopping center become uh, cannabis A, B, C, D, and E, right? Or do you restrict that to some degree to where you said, okay, there's some municipalities that are saying, and I think the county as well, is saying, okay, you can't have more than one every 300 feet or 300 whatever. Yeah. Keep a certain distance between Correct. them. Keep a distance between yeah. them so you don't have uh, retailer A, B, C, and D all in the same place competing for the same business. And in some cases, I know for restaurants, sometimes there, there are leases like that where if I'm in a strip mall, I have it in a lease where you won't put another restaurant in that same strip mall. Right. Between, not the city, but between me and the owner of the building. Correct. And there are a lot of, uh, there are a lot of private property owners that set leases like that up yeah. because they want to make sure that if you're going to be a tenant, you're not going to allow a lot of other uh, competition to come in sure. and set up shop right next door to you. And sometimes your shopping centers will get into that. And sometimes they won't. Sometimes right. they've just got a bunch of vacancies and they They'll just want to throw it they get. Yeah. You know. I know. No, that. But I'm just saying. So it may be beneficial for the uh, dispensaries to not have a whole bunch in one spot. Correct. Uh, as well for their, for their own business. Correct. So right. yeah. all we're doing here is setting up the zoning that restricts just the unconstrained setup of dispensaries up and down all of our main streets. Right. So looking at the zoning rules, basically the big one was the proposed ordinance keeps this at a minimum 300 feet away from any residential zoning. Okay. So in Rio Rancho has a lot of residential zoning. So that excludes a lot of places. As we talked about, the whole city was residential it, years ago. It was. It yeah. was. And really, when it comes to commercial zoning, only about 2% of our entire land mass right now is commercial. So we are still predominantly residential. Yeah. So those are some of the things that we looked at. Those were presented. We'll be debating that on the 12th city council meeting as well to get input from the public on that on the zoning issues. But if we don't get something passed... On the 12th, and remember, a city ordinance requires, this is something a lot of people don't realize, a city ordinance requires what's known as two readings. So you have to vote on it once on the 12th, and then you have to vote on it again in the second meeting in August, which is on the 26th. So there'll be a first reading on the 12th, and then a second reading on the 26th, and then it'll become law. But we're under the deadline because September 1 is when the state intends to start issuing right. uh, licenses and permits that's our understanding. So we're on a timeline here, and so we've got to move pretty rapidly to make sure that we have something in place. Sure. And then later, after the fact, if we need to go back and make modifications, then we can go ahead and make modifications. I understand we had a groundbreaking here recently in Rio Rancho. Yeah, we sure did. It was pretty cool groundbreaking. It was for St. Jude's Children's Hospitals. St. Jude's does an amazing job, and you probably see that they're currently doing fundraising right now. I was over at uh, the local Chili's, and you can add a dollar or two dollars mm -hmm. or $5 or $10 to your ticket for St. Jude's. But one of the ways that they raise money is a really cool promotion, and you can go out and Google it, the St. Jude's Dream House. 
Okay, and you can Google that, and there's actually a link on my Facebook page as well. Is that uh, we did the groundbreaking of this really cool house up in northern Rio Rancho, up in the Vista Entrada area. And there's a house we did a groundbreaking. And Westway Homes, right here in Rio Rancho, who does an amazing job, Westway Homes is donating a lot of the labor and materials along with all of their partners, and I don't have all of their partners, but Westway Homes is going to be building the home this year. And every year, St. Jude's, they get somebody to build a house in a community, and this year it's in Rio Rancho. And what will happen is in April, and we'll, we'll bring more information when this happens, in April they sell off, I think, about seven or 8,000 raffle tickets at 100 bucks a pop, and they raffle off a house, wow. a brand-new house. And 100% of the proceeds from those raffle sales end up going to St. Jude's Children's Hospital. So it's really a fantastic deal, and it's called the St. Jude's uh, Dream House. And the beauty of the Dream House is the money they raise goes back into St. Jude's, and they use the money from the house to hopefully uh, continue the dreams of the children that uh, they serve at St. Jude's. Look, if you've never learned about what St. Jude's does for children, especially kids with cancer and other things like that, it is a noble organization, and I, I certainly appreciate St. Jude's and all that they do. But I do want to give a shout-out to Westway Homes. They're a builder here in Rio Rancho, and we certainly appreciate them doing this and working together with St. Jude's and their suppliers to get this house built. So, yeah, we did the ground. Took that, that Golden City shovel yep, there. Yep, <laughs> got put the shovel in the ground, and uh, they were impressed that I didn't struggle too much with, with the shovel. The ground was hard, but I yeah. was getting right in there. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, I spent most of my life behind a shovel. I've done all this work before, and, uh, yeah, so even as a kid, I loved digging in the yard or doing stuff like that, so... That's fun stuff for me, right? It brought great awareness to uh, St. Jude. We're excited that the house is in Rio Rancho, and we're excited that they'll start raffling that off when the house is built, and uh, they'll sell all the raffle tickets, and some, some lucky winner will get a brand-new dream home right here in Rio Rancho. And that uh, up there where the, in uh, Vista Entrada, it's on a half-acre piece of property, so it's a nice big piece of land. And it's I think, I think they said the house that they're going to be building is about 22 or wow. 2,300 square feet. It's a nice size home, really almost a custom home. Really, yeah, sounds like it. I put a hundred bucks in for that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I may put in a hundred bucks for that. See what yeah. happens. There you go. You know. Yeah. Get out so, of uh, Cabazon. So All that right. was a lot of fun. We did that, and uh, then Derek. Uh, let's see what else we got. We got a. We're only about three weeks away now from the Mayor's Sunday is Fun. Three weeks away from Mayor's Sunday is Fun Day. And I just want to let everybody know that we're pretty much capped out on vendors right now. So we're not telling you any more about Sunday's Fun Day because we want you to be a vendor. We're telling you now because we want you to show up. So please come out on August 22nd, Sunday, August 22nd, 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. at Haynes Park. It's going to be a lot of family fun that includes entertainment, dancing, fun jumps, inexpensive food items, games and activities, a mechanical bull, and the mayor's kickball competition. So, with uh, the ringers. With the ringers. <laughs> <laughs> We're not supposed to say that, right? Shh. Don't tell anybody. Yeah, no, well, like you said last week, if everybody else does it, you might as well. If we, got, if, if we get them to play, I think we have the Duke City Gladiators that uh, I will be a part of their team. 
There you go. <laughs> anyway, it's all meant to have a lot of great fun. There's going to be a raffle, and the raffle will be held inside the air-conditioned Haynes Community Center. This is a great opportunity to purchase attractive items from local businesses at good prices and is being coordinated by the City of Vision Civitan, Rio Rancho Kiwanis, and the Rio Rancho Key Clubs. Admission. Admission, if you're 12 or under, is free. 13 and older, it's going to cost you a whopping dollar. So don't even have to climb the fence for no, that. No, no, you don't. Just come in, bring a buck. So yeah. make sure you bring a buck. And uh, proceeds from this event benefit youth programs in our community. And let me tell you, when you're collecting a dollar at the gate, you're not making a profit, okay? <laughs> I think one year we had somebody that was upset that, that we were charging a dollar to get in. But mind you, everybody is volunteering their time there. Everybody's doing the best to make that a great event. And the dollar bill that's collected is going to go back to a youth program of some sort. Well, you earn more than that in swag when you walk around and get. they give you a tote bag. Somebody has free tote bag. We, we're going to have free tote bags, yeah. too. We'll be there broadcasting live, as always. And then most of the vendors have stuff they give away. So you'll walk away with more than a dollar's worth suit. We give you a KDSK sticker or pen or, or a cup or something. Yeah, you'll get, yes, absolutely. You'll, you'll be able to pick up a lot of swag, and people are handing out free stuff. It's all in good fun. Come on out. That date again is August 22nd, 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. at Haynes Park. And we're looking forward to seeing you there. If you want to know more about this, go to www.riorancofunday.com or go out to our Facebook page, which is Rio Rancho Funday on Facebook as well. So you can get some more details there and uh, find out what's going on. The theme this year is bringing our community together on our 40th anniversary. So once again, reminding everybody, Rio Rancho turned 40 years old this year. I think in city age, that's still kind of a tweenager. Are we the youngest city in the state? No, we're not. Who is? Kirtland. Oh, yeah, okay. Little city of Kirtland, up next to a little town of Kirtland, up next to Farmington. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think they incorporated in 2016, 2017. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Youngest county in the state, I think, is still Los Alamos. I don't know. Cibola used to be. I think they were 1981. Yep. And uh, Los Alamos came in, and uh, they they branched off and made themselves Los Alamos County. Uh, You know, so that's one of the city-county governments that's out there that's kind of a blend, a Mm -hmm. hybrid government, if you will. It's really interesting when you go through the state, you see all the different counties and the cities and the forms of government that are out there. Each one has their own little quirky difference. Yeah. Makes it interesting. All right. Well, before we run out of time, tell me about the Mayor's Gala. The Mayor's Gala, that's coming up here on August 28th. And if you have not got your ticket yet, you need to get your ticket because this is going to be a fun event. The theme is Back to the Future. Uh, the 80s. 80s. Yeah. Yes, the 80s. Gnarly. And uh, I'm not gnarly. <laughs> totally awesome, dude, right? Yeah. Um, oh, my goodness. Uh, that that brings me back to some days that I'm glad I'd never have to relive because I was <laughs> I was in high school in the 80s and uh, uh, yeah and the clothes a, that we silly oh, stuff we yeah. used to wear oh yeah the uh, the parachute pants but I will tell you the one thing I didn't have a lot of the different clothing I wore the 501 
butt fly jeans. Right. That was the thing, right. right? And then I think the big thing that I had that was from the 80s that I just always loved it, it was my members-only jacket. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah I had one of those. I, I, I loved my members-only jacket, exactly. And uh, it took me a long time to give it up, but I finally gave it up when I think I found out I was the last member. Well, so, <laughs> mine ended up, you know, wearing out. The, right. it, it just wore holes in. <laughs> no, you know, I actually went and searched that online, and that company, the members only company, is still selling coats and and clothing like crazy. So, hmm. still a still a pretty popular deal there. But I went online, and so you can still get a members only jacket. So it's pretty cool. Well, good. I can replace the one I wore out. There, there you go. There you go. And uh, so anyway. Uh, this is uh, August 28th, and if you want to get a ticket, you do have to get a ticket. This is a ticketed event, so you can't just show up and sit down. They provide food, right? Yes. Meals, so they yeah, have to know how many to provide, right. so you have to get your ticket ahead of time. Right. This is a fully food-served event, and there's going to be entertainment there and so on and so forth, and it's great. So this is going to be in the new park. Yes, it's going to be at the city center, the new yeah. campus park. So... To have so many people, are they going to set up tables out there so that I can sit down and eat my... Absolutely. Okay. There are going to be tables with white tablecloths and everything. Ooh. And Yep. There's going to, like right. say, we're going to have pinball machines out there. <laughs> you and know, Pac-Man. I yes, Pac-Man. Yeah. Space Invaders. Yeah. I'm hoping they bring a Defender machine. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Or my, one of my favorites was Asteroids. Asteroids, yes. Asteroids. Yeah. Yeah. Space Invaders. Or my thumbs you know, up. I think the Space Invaders went boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to deliver pizzas when I was a kid, and they had one of those in the pizza place. Yeah. Do you remember there was a, uh, a video game that I used to love to play? It was called uh, Lunar Lander. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Along with asteroids, there was lunar lander, and you drove it along a moonscape, and you had to jump over rolling boulders and shoot hmm. stuff. And I remember Donkey yeah. Kong and Galaga. How about Galaga? Galaga? Yeah. Huh? So yeah, we can go through. Well, I can <laughs> I can sit here and do this all day because I was an arcade junkie as a oh, kid, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I just know the machines we had in the pizza place that I worked. I yeah. delivered the pizza, so I wasn't there much. But yeah, well, there was an arcade just down the street from our school. So you get out of school, you'd head to the arcade. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it was a lot of fun. So we're going to have some vintage video games there that people can play. We've got some folks bringing some vintage cars from the 80s. It's hard to believe that cars from the 80s are now considered vintage, Derek, okay? But anyway, they are, and so we've got some people's bringing there. We were trying to get a DeLorean, but we couldn't get a DeLorean, so... Well, somebody must have a DeLorean. Uh, and there's a few of them out there, yeah. but, uh, yeah, one of the, you know... They weren't really very good cars. So. <laughs> That's what I hear, yeah. you know... Uh, I think they. I think you had to put a flux capacitor in them to get them to work, yeah. right? So no, I'm kidding. Anyway, yeah, we want you to call the following number: five zero five nine 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 one eight three five to get your ticket. That number again is five zero five nine 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 one eight three five, or visit the Rio Rancho Regional Chamber of Commerce website at rrr. That's three R's. Okay, rrr cc.org 3rs2cs.org okay and so go out there find out what's going on with the mayor's gala we'd love to see you there um, but once again you do need to get a ticket uh, to be there also if you want to sponsor a table or be a sponsor of the program sponsorships are available too so we want you to go out there and uh, help us do that that raises money for the Rio Rancho Community Foundation the Rio Rancho Community Foundation supports a lot of great nonprofits. Now, I don't have the complete list of nonprofits here, but I know uh, this year it's uh, supporting 
Kiwanis. It's supporting St. Felix Pantry, Loving Thunder Therapeutic Horse Ranch, and uh, Haven House. Mm-hmm. And so we support the Rio Rancho Community Foundation, takes all of its proceeds, and puts it out to these nonprofits that provide services, invaluable services, to our community. You'll find out everybody that we're supporting on the Rio Rancho Regional Chamber of Commerce website at rrrcc.org. You can find out who all those are. The thing I love about this, Derek, is one of the requirements is if the nonprofit gets money, they have to provide volunteers to work this gala. Mm. So they're on the gala committee to help us get this thing up and going, mm. right? So, okay. so it's real community involvement. We raise money and awareness for each of these nonprofits, and it makes a real big difference in the lives of people in the city of Rio Rancho. Well, I can attest to that because when they're giving out food at St. Felix, they're right across the street from our studio, and I can see them out there, all yeah. the people that need the help. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh-huh. So that, Derek, I think is a wrap. I've been talking with Mayor Greg Hull of Rio Rancho. Mayor, thank you. Hey, Derek, thank you. And everybody go out there. Have an amazing Sunday. And God bless.